is Dino Dan from Cypress, California, and you're watching the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. That's right. It's a show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. And social distancing capital of the world. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. It's fun and frivolity for the next 120 minutes, folks. You can guarantee that. If you think you can bring some fun and frivolity as well, you're welcome to do so. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. It's the first Tuesday of a brand new month. Welcome to April. And 13 minutes from now, we'll find us rejoining our first, first Tuesday of the month regular guest, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs Barbecue Team. And the co-founder of How to Barbecue Right, Malcolm Reed. Malcolm, like the rest of us, shut in for a number of weeks. He's been hard at it, putting together great recipes, cooking up a storm. We will go ahead and hit all of those. And I thought it would also be a great idea, probably with all three of the guests tonight, to pick their brains on what to do with all of this free time a lot of you are finding yourselves with. Because what I hear a lot of is, I'm going to now start a YouTube channel, or I'm now going to start a podcast with all of this free time. So while I'm an expert on podcasting and live show producing that turns into a podcasting, some of my other guests are YouTube sensations, so I'm sure they have some best practices that we will fold through. Then, after Malcolm, we will be joined by a semi-recurring guest, the creator of Another Pint, Please. It's been a handful since we've had him on the last time. That, of course, being Mike Lang from Another Pint, Please. Love talking with Mike. Mike has long been associated with one of the most spectacular grilling brands out there called Weber. And we will talk to him about what he's up to. Now, Mike is unique in the fact that uh, he has not a lot of free time or is not finding himself with a lot of free time on his hands because he is in a first responder's role working with police departments. So his time is being used judiciously probably when it comes to cooking. So we'll talk to him about that and how he's mixing work and cooking, keeping up with the blog. 
He's also got some new things going on with Weber that he's going to be telling us about. Maybe he's got a Weber smoke fire. He was probably a pretty good guy to get a thought of about Weber smoke fire and what he thinks of it, what all this internet scuttlebutt is about, or had been about. It's kind of died off recently, of course. So that'll wrap up the first hour. Malcolm Reed and Mike Lang, then we'll move to the second hour. I had him on a couple weeks ago for some bonus content, and he rejoins me for who is the second first Tuesday of the month regular guest. That is Sam the Cooking Guy. Thecookingguy.com is his website. So we'll do a two-week debrief since the last time we chatted, and then we'll get into a bunch of other stuff, including, again, going back to the whole YouTube channel stuff. For those of you that are looking to start a channel, Sam is now 1.66 million subscribers in. Easily the most successful YouTuber that we have here on this show. He's found something that works, really dialed it in. Remember, my relationship with Sam goes back 10, 11 years at this point, and what you're seeing now is a finished product on his show or on his YouTube page is vastly different from when I was first introduced to Sam. So we'll talk to him about evolution and getting subscribers, keeping subscribers, and then building that momentum Or perhaps, where does the momentum build all on its own? What's the threshold? Because as you can see, once Sam hit a million subscribers, his race to two million is going to happen very quickly. Very interesting stuff. So there you have it. That's the show. If you want to jump in, more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. And in lieu of that, you could email me, greg, at thebbqcentralshow.com. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at bbqcentralshow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and Snappy Snap slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, where you can also find a live video feed when that happens on Tuesdays from 9 to 11. That's what we're doing right this very instant. Now, it's no surprise to any of you that listen to this show that the words handy and me don't go together. I'm not talking about that handy. I'm talking about being able to fix stuff, okay? And two days, I guess it was yesterday, what showed up on the stoop from our favorite little website called Amazon.com was something called a catio, which is a play on words, part cat, part patio, mash them together, and you have a catio. And basically it was, it had to have been 70 pieces of wood Pine, wood framed with like chicken coop fencing, real chintzy stuff. All put together. I didn't have to lay the fencing down on it, but it was all pieced together. So now, what's the worst thing that I could possibly think of that I'm going to have to do over the course of, to me, what might as well take a week, okay? Assembly required. Not only partial assembly required, Full assembly required. So immediately I'm feverish. I'm working my contacts. I'm trying to figure out who I can hire to get this done for me. But of course, I can't hire anybody because everybody's home. Nobody can be around each other. So now I'm screwed. I undo the packaging. Two big boxes. Very heavy, by the way. Two big boxes. I go through. I see the parts list. I check parts list with the parts that are in the box. I'm setting things aside in their separate places, thinking that this is how handy people do this stuff. And then the kiss of death 
And my oldest, Bobby, is with me to at least attempt to make the start before she goes to work at the pizzeria. At the very beginning of directions, uh, no drill required, only hand screwdrivers. I don't know why. Maybe because pine is a soft wood and they're afraid if you're going to be an aggressive driller and slam through the wood. If you're just tuning in and you just caught that, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. I get it. The second sentence. Assembly, 30 minutes or less. Let's translate that. To anybody that's remotely handy, that has any type of ability to fix and or have a lot of tools. You know, you think it's a joke when I talk about how I have a singular toolbox that resembles more of a tackle box, like a kid's starter tackle box. It doesn't open up with many levels of trays for tools and all of this stuff. It's got a removable tray, and then there's like a big bottom area where I throw a bunch of stuff that I will never use again, but I don't want to throw it out in case I need it. And it's been piling up over the last 12 years or 15 years that I've had a house, however long it's been. But I have my screwdrivers. I still have this thing that I've shown a number of times. I think those are lock channels, but they're probably not. Maybe it's a wrench. I'll tell you what it is. It's a Craftsman 45379 is what it is. 30-minute assembly or less. Your pal, Greg Rempe, four and one half hours later, built a catio. That's right. This guy did that. Four and a half hours later. Now, you might ask yourself, how does it take you four hours longer than it told you in the directions? Well, aside from everything I've told you, directions are bad. I've done this before. I could make a billion dollars if every company would send me directions that don't have English involved with them. If it's just pictures, I'm left up to my own unhandy devices. So when I see the sides and I have to figure out, is that are the braces inside? That doesn't look right. doesn't say and you build 60% of it upside down and inside out, you have to de-unassemble the whole goddamn thing, learn from your mistakes, and then redo it again. Of course, the second time you put it back together, it does really take 30 minutes or less. It's the four hours that it took in advance of that last half hour that ruined everything. Needless to say, after the big rainstorm that's supposed to be pushing through here any minute in the next five-hour window, the catio will be going up on the back somewhere, maybe on the patio, catio on the patio. Hey, everybody, catio on the patio. I'll take a picture of it and put it up on my Facebooks and Instas, so hit me up there. Uh, It's at 30 minutes. I knew right then I should have just walked away. I should have set it on fire. Would have been easier to get a different one and set that one on fire, too. Malcolm Reed coming up out of the break. But not before I talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. And yes, folks, I still have my prime Daniel Boone in the box. But I can put that thing together for sure. I know that. It might take six hours, but I know I can put it together. Now, the Prime line is 
the more recent line of cookers. It's sturdy, robust chassis. It's got peek-in windows on the main cooking chamber and pellet hopper, two internal meat probes. Wi-Fi technology. So if you're looking for the tech, then the prime line of cookers is the one you want to take a look at. Now, if you want to save a couple bucks, technology isn't that big of a deal to you. You don't give a hoot. Save a couple bucks. Get the choice line. I have a couple choice line cookers right in my backyard right now. They still fire up. It's been any number of years. They've been in the Cleveland winters, the Cleveland summers, the two days of Cleveland spring and fall that happen every year. They're great. So if you want to save a couple bucks, go choice. If you want to spend a couple extra more bucks and get all the tech that's included these days, Prime Line is the one you're going to want to check out. In any event, they also have pellets and sauces and rubs and accessories. Of course, the Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boom also house the pizza oven insert that I talk about. And if you're looking for something a little bit more portable, the Davy Crockett is one you're going to want to check out. Lots of great stuff to look and learn over at GreenMountainGrills.com. Not to mention, great recipes. Sterling Smith and a whole bunch of other folks out there. Christina Fitzgerald, I think, is a Green Mountain Grill ambassador. Not exactly familiar with who she is, but Robin Lindars talks about her, so I know she does some uh, recipes. So check it all out. It's great. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Find a dealer near you. Check out the dealer. Have them school you up. Go take one home and be happy. Malcolm Reed coming up on the other side. Stick around. We'll be right back. I hit the wrong button. We'll be right back. There we go. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up right now. Always trust your butcher. Be sure to check out Dave's new podcast as well. It's going swimmingly. All right, first guest, first Tuesday of the month. You know who it is, right? That's right. It's Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right. Hey, Malcolm. What's happening, Greg? I am doing fabulous. Hopefully you are healthy and staying socially distant and all that. Like, uh, What's been the biggest hurdle for you guys since the uh, – are you guys sheltered in place down there? In, uh, uh, are, are you in Louisiana? or We're happy, man, and, yeah, we're sheltered in place. We've been yeah. uh, working from home as much as possible and trying to – you know, get outside and fire up those grills. We finally got some decent weather the past few weeks. The rain has stayed away for a little while. I think we have some more coming. But, uh, you know, just trying to hang in there like everybody else, do the best we can with what we have. Is it a big life change for you? I mean, you guys, uh, at least you and Rochelle, probably more like home-based per se from a work or not so much? From work, not so much. But, man, I'm I miss going places. I mean, I'm used to – 
at least getting to go to the grocery store and walk around and look at the meat counters and go see the butcher and all that good stuff. So I'm not getting to do any of that. So have you guys designated between you and your wife on who's the chosen or unchosen one to be the outside person, or do you take turns? Well, we've been doing the the click list, the click and pull, the delivery stuff. Yeah. So we've stayed out of stores. We're, you know, we're trying to take it serious as we can, try to stay healthy. Do you think they're jamming us up? secretly or like instacart and click check and whatever else i like even the big grocery store has their own uh you have to leave the house but you you don't have to get out of the car you pull up into a parking space they bring it out they load it in for you and all that stuff so you don't have to go into the store do you think that there's they're like packing in hidden profits and all this stuff because they're 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 really able to take advantage or not well they're definitely i think the grocery stores now are making more money than they ever have uh, from what i've seen (laughs) But, you know, I think we're going to just have to get used to a big change in the way business is done, Greg. Um, You know, this is something that's coming. I I think it's, you know, it's going to be part of the new norm. It's just going to take some adjusting to. Can you believe that in this day and age of 2020, that if you were to go in probably any grocery store right now under this particular uh, arena that we're living in, that the bread aisle is gone it's like russia in chernobyl i mean that's completely unbelievable to me and then you go six aisles over where the snacks are and it's like regular day 2020 it's mind-boggling what blows my mind is the toilet paper aisle man people are hoarding toilet paper like i mean like it's gold you can't get any uh, paper towels toilet paper anything like that the whole paper aisle is just empty i mean you know there's people start stalking the trucks and seeing what they're unloading and see if they're going to put out more toilet tissue. Yeah, here's the PSA Malcolm and I are putting out. Malcolm didn't know we were going to do a joint PSA. But we're asking you people, I mean, you know, buy a couple packages of toilet paper to tide you over to the next time. Leave some for the next shopper. I mean, if Malcolm and I see one more person with a cart full of toilet paper, we're just going to tackle you in the parking lot. We're going to steal all your toilet paper, and then we're going to make fun of you on our various social media channels that should probably put a fear into everybody right malcolm yeah you know man and this whole fear thing and 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 people hoarding stuff is is ridiculous i mean you know if people would just step back and take another look at it and and get what they need like you said man we would we'd be off and you wouldn't have a supply chain disruption like we're seeing but i mean it's you know it's it's, it is what it is i think the media is you know helping helping their cause of blow it out of proportion no doubt. Uh, Malcolm Reed from How to Barbecue Right joining me here, pitmaster of Killer Hogs. So as you had mentioned, you're doing a lot of uh, cooking as we were kind of setting up for this. And it's all over the board for you. You do some breakfast stuff. You're doing some uh, normal uh, dinner and uh, regular eats kind of stuff. So uh, I like breakfast here and there. I'm not a, a tremendous breakfast eater, but if I hear of something good or I wake up feeling it, I'll go ahead and grab some breakfast. So what have you been working on on a breakfast recipes list? Well, since I haven't been able to do comps, it's gave me it's freed up my Saturday mornings, and so I've just been going outside and firing the grill up when it's nice, man. I've done a I've done what I call a, a breakfast burger, and I use a like an everything bagel, you know, with the ones with the seeds and all the seasoning on top of it. But I I grilled up a sausage patty, like a breakfast sausage patty, in the shape of a burger, grilled it on my PK grill, topped it with a fried egg and some bacon and some cheese, and you know, just put it on a bagel, and it made a really good breakfast burger. Uh, this past Saturday, um, I did uh, mini breakfast quesadillas. I know you've probably had, you know, breakfast burritos or you know, tacos for breakfast yeah. is what we call it. But it's just sausage and egg, cheese, and 
peppers and you know you could garnish it with salsa and sour cream all that good stuff but all of it's just getting me outside and on the grill so i've just been sharing what i've been doing on instagram it's not been on youtube videos it's just been quick hits and you know just getting 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 people outside and cooking hopefully paying attention to what we're doing and seeing that you can cook other stuff besides the, the traditional four meats so are you going outside with only the intention of firing something up and then seeing what happens or do you have some kind of a game plan on general concept, and then you're scouring the house to see what you have to make that come to a reality. That, that's definitely what I'm doing. Mm. Man, we go and we see what's in the fridge and what's in the pantry, and I try to come up with something from there. And you know, um, we have been you know making lists and, and getting some of the click list stuff from the stores, but you never you never know what you're going to get on that, what they're out of. So it's been fun to see. It's it's almost like an episode of Chops, seeing what you can come up with. <laughs> yeah, except you don't have to worry about getting like booted out. You're, you're a yeah, winner yeah, every single that, time. That's right. If Rochelle and Michael kick me off, I'm in trouble. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you're shame, and then they're going to starve. So uh, everybody loses. That's no good. So you get to stay. Now, uh, the other things that you are into is this. This thing was like really popular six, seven months ago. Not saying that it's lost popularity per se, but you were seeing it all over the place. Uh, something called picanha. Yeah, and basically it's just sirloin cap. You know, it's it's a uh, culotte. It's also called that, but it's the top part of a sirloin roast. Uh, it comes off, you know, off the, kind of that hind area of the cow, and it's really good. I've done it the traditional way. Done videos on it before, where you, you know, you just season it with salt and you kind of double it over and stick it on a spit and roast it over the coals. But I treated this more almost like uh, picanha steak. I cut it into strips and I just show people how you could cook it um, as a steak if you don't have a rotisserie. And man. I'm telling you, if you've never tried that cut with the fat and the way it crisp up on it, and you can season it with just about whatever, but man, it melts in your mouth. Yeah, I've it, never. It, it's as good as anything. It's a, it's widely accessible. You just shouldn't be intimidated by the name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the picanha is kind of a South American, you know, way of cooking it. Then that's usually roasted on a spit. But if you ask for sirloin cap or culotte, that's probably what you'd see it called here in the states. And you're cooking it up in a medium rare fashion, or however yeah, I, I you normally like it. it. You know, you kind of run a twos on fire, uh, keep it over on the cool side till it comes up to about 110, 115 internal. And then you just got your hot, you know, put your great your hot side, move it over there and sear it on each side for a few minutes. It kind of has four sides the way you cut it. It's got the fat side and then the opposite side and the two edges that you can turn up and get a little sear on too. So it just cooks it real even across. And I did it like medium rare, like 125. And man, it would melt in your mouth. So is this showing up as a whole piece that you uh, would cut up regardless if you're doing the traditional way or doing it your way, or does it come already cut up? No, it's, it's probably, if I had to guess, four or five pound whole cut, you know, like a roast. Mm. And I didn't have to trim it too much. I took some of the silver skin off, but you really want that fat cap on there. It's about a quarter inch of fat, and that's what cooking it, it, it you melt it on the reverse here but then when you put it over on the hot side that fat really gets happy and starts sizzling and flavors the meat it drips on the coals it'll flame up a little bit on you but all that's good stuff man that's what you want to happen all right uh, i got to be on the lookout for that no doubt about it uh the other thing that you did was wings three different ways i think we both agree and we might have talked about it when the super bowl was happening we love wings we're big wing guys so how are your wings three different ways well, I did. Uh, I broke out my vortex on the Weber for one, and that's probably my favorite way. Hang on one second. Let me silence this phone. But I, I did them. I just did them with a the little, <laughs> a little hot rub, and then I dusted them with some. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Cosmos wing dust. 
Yeah. But he has like dry, uh, hot wing flavored. It's like a, it's almost like a powder. And you just you cook the wing and you sprinkle it on it at the end to get the effect of a sauce. Huh. But the hot meat soaks it up. So it's really good. Um, I did, so that was a, a buffalo style on the vortex. Then I did a, a Parmesan wing where I crusted it with Parmesan. I kind of, uh, I was, I was testing out my buddies over at Swine Lice. They put a video out on it and they keep telling me how good those wings are. And I'm not really, really a big Parm wing guy, but, but I tried it and it was really good. It makes a crust on it. Hmm. And then the other one, I did some uh, wing lollipops where I, you know, kind of cut it, cut the meat around the little bone, pushed it all down around the, the bigger end and made a lollipop. Put them on a Traeger, just smoked them until they were hitting about 175, and then I dunked them in a, what I call a firecracker sauce. It's just some brown sugar and honey uh, and mixed with some peppers and some hot sauce to kind of give it a pop. And it's, it's real sweet, but it's got a lot of good heat to it. goes excellent on chicken wings. What kind of a ratio brown sugar to honey? Equal parts or one more than the other? Um, no, I did like a cup of brown sugar, quarter cup of honey, uh, six ounces, I think it was, a hot sauce, which is like a small bottle. And then just some cayenne pepper and a little bit of red pepper flake to oh. give it some punch. Wow. Super simple. And you really you don't even really have to cook it. You just want to stir it over some low heat till all the sugars dissolve. And you just dip your wing in it and put it back on there and let it glaze a little bit. So I don't want to speak for the people that are uh, uh, non-heat. Uh, uh, their palates don't like the heat. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty big heat guy. I can stand a lot of heat. Where does this uh, firecracker sauce rate on the heat scale, in your opinion? Well, it depends on how heavy-handed you get with that cayenne. If you wanted, to, if you wanted it to be milder, you could just do the hot sauce and, and the butter and the the brown sugar and the honey. It would be it would be for it would be a sissy wing then. It would be a little uh, sparkler wing, sparkler, you do yeah. firecracker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little smoke bomb wing, no doubt about it. Yeah, uh, Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show. How to BBQ his website. Make sure that you're subscribed over there on YouTube. Um, all right, so you did the steak, you did the wings, and you're starting something now called the Delicious Dinners, which kind of uh, goes back to what you were talking about a little bit earlier, which is like quick videos uh, going out to um, uh, going out each week on top of the regular videos. Well, Shell put me in charge of dinner a couple times a week, and so I said, well, if i got to cook, you're at least going to film something on it, right? Yeah, get the so content. So we started just grabbing the cell phone. And whatever I'm cooking up, she'll, you know, she'll grab some footage on the cell phone. No mics, no lights, just kind of raw style. It's kind of like our old videos. And I do a, a lot of it's done in the kitchen. It's not out on the grill. But you know me, I'm going to incorporate the grill when I can. The first one I did, um, I did a, a, a grilled sausage and grilled chicken pasta jambalaya. Mm. So it had, a, it was, it was kind of like a, a souped up Alfredo pasta. That I that I added some peppers and onions to my Cajun seasoning, and you know I had the sausage and, and chicken in it. So it was it was really really good. That's an easy quick recipe. It's something that we throw together all the time if we need a dinner in a hurry. <laughs> I even used it with you know the the I cheated and buy the frozen chicken breasts that are pre cooked and just slice those up and throw a smoked sausage on the grill and you got something that's ready to go quick. Um, I also did last week my uh, one of our dinners that we have all the time. When we're trying to, to eat a little better, you know, try to eat healthy because you can't all be barbecue and fat and all that good stuff. <laughs> but I did a, a, a smoked chicken breast, whole, bone-in, skin on, and I paired it with some sweet potatoes and broccoli, which a lot of times you have trouble getting your kids to eat broccoli and sweet potatoes. But I made a little spicy honey Dijon glaze, and it was super simple. It was just some honey and Dijon mustard. 
a little bit of cayenne, a little bit of salt and pepper in it, and just kind of stir it up to where it's got a little bit of spice and it's kind of savory, but you get the sweetness from the honey and drizzle that over those vegetables that I roast. You could do it on the grill or in the oven. And the, the Michael loves the broccoli that way. You know, he won't. You can't get him to eat steamed broccoli, but uh, roasted broccoli or grilled broccoli, he really likes it. Is he a cauliflower kid or no? Um, you know, we'll do the cauliflower rice sometimes, and we could get him to eat that. I don't think he would just eat I mean, unless he had a gallon of ranch. He might. Eat, he might eat some. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I guess you would eat anything if you had a gallon of ranch. Well, I mean, I would suggest, because we don't, like, our kids won't eat a lot of raw vegetables. They won't eat, uh, some of them will eat raw broccoli, raw cauliflower, but by and large, you know, most of them don't like the raw stuff. But we'll uh, roast it, or we'll do it in the grill, both the broccoli and the cauliflower. A little olive oil, uh, I'll put a little desert gold rub from Big Papa Smokers over the top of it to kind of give a little bit of a earthy flavor profile, and... Man, it's like uh, almost like making atomic buffalo turds. If you could make seven hundred of them, and they're all going to be gone, no matter how much you put in front of them, uh, everybody seems to eat it. So, uh, just a, a quick, easy thing to do. You're already doing it with the broccoli, so you might add a little extra color to the vegetable table over there at the Reed household. Oh yeah, we love the the roasted vegetables either on the grill or oven. Man, you can't beat them. It's uh, we don't really cook much vegetables on the stovetop. And definitely don't boil or steam broccoli. We, it's always in the oven, roasted or on the grill. Yep. Uh, obviously, Easter's coming up on Sunday. It uh, probably has a, a pretty different look in 2020 than it yeah. has had in uh, decades, perhaps lifetimes for some. Uh, what are you guys doing, and what do you make? Well, we're going to catch church service streaming, of course, in the living room. Shell's actually told us that we have to get up and, and put our, our Easter clothes on. <laughs> she's, she's, she's planning a picture. So we're going to oh, have to take a family nice. pic somewhere. Yes. And then we're going to have like a traditional Easter dinner, just just us three. Um, I'm probably going to do my ham um, on Saturday and just reheat it a little bit that morning. But I plan on doing that on Instagram. If anybody wants to follow along and see me cook a, a spiral ham. Uh, but uh, we're going to do some roasted carrots and some lima beans and just, you know, some traditional stuff to go with the ham for Easter. And we're just going to, you know stay at home and, and, and give thanks to the Lord for, for what we what we have in our health. Uh, Malcolm, a lot of people finding free time here uh, over the last uh, three and a half minutes or so. Uh, people are looking to fill time, and what I hear a lot is, I'm going to start a YouTube channel with this free time, or I'm going to start a podcast with this free time. So as somebody who is well-steeped into the success of, of finding YouTube fame to whatever degree uh, you have, Best practices, if somebody's going to use this time productively, whatever that means, what do you think the best way to go about setting up a YouTube channel is? Well, first off, you got to definitely just start. Don't hold back because you don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, it's, it's simple to go on there, make an account, and set it up and, and to upload some videos. I mean, you want to, you, you know, you just want to, to put content up there that you think people will be interested in. It doesn't really matter the quality of it at first. I mean, of course, everybody wants to, to have something that's super produced and you know looks perfect, but that's that's not the case, especially when you don't have any experience doing it. We don't have any experience, and our stuff still doesn't look, you know, as great as we would like it to. But but we never we never held back. We we started when we got on a routine schedule, and we just kept doing it, no matter how how many negative comments we had or or whatever. We just started doing it. So that's that's the number one thing. Um, you know, there's all kinds of great videos and things you can do out there to help you to give you tips, but. There's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of great groups on Facebook, uh, YouTube groups that you can join, and people will help you, um, you know, 
I've, I've helped a lot of people get started just and it's just passing on, you know, what we've learned. It's not that, that there's any secret to it or anything, Greg. It's just, it's, it's really about getting on a routine schedule and not, and not being scared of the camera. And you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars on equipment. We started just with basic, you know, basic camera. You can do it with your cell phone now. I mean, we've got these mics that, that I'm, that I've got here cooked up to the computer. This mic captures good audio on your phone. So you you know, editing programs are free. Uh, you know, a lot of the iPhones, uh, they, they have the program we use. So, you know, you can step up and get Final Cut or something fancier, but just iMovie works great. And I'm sure there's others out there too, but, um, you know, just in is, is probably the hardest thing for people to get started. But once you get started, you learn as you go and you're going to build followers. You're not, nobody's going to come in there and have 10,000 people watching all at once, but it's a slow process. You, you're not going to get rich doing it. But it's a lot of fun. And, and, and I mean, is that is that the key right now? Because I think people think that they can jump into podcasting or YouTube because they see probably the the half percent of all YouTubers out there, like a David Dobrik or a Pootie Pie or you or Sam the Cooking Guy, and just automatically figure these guys are pulling in a million, two and three and four a year. But that's not necessarily the case. No, no, and it takes a lot of time to build up to, to that kind of money. I mean, I'm not up to that kind of money. I mean, we make some off YouTube, but but I, I mean, it's not it's not about that for me. It's more about spreading the information and, and and you know help people out than it is trying to make a dollar off YouTube. I couldn't quit what I was doing if it wasn't for YouTube. I mean, you know, YouTube YouTube helps people people see you, and if you have a business, it's a great way to lead people back to a business. But you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get rich. There's not very many people that I know that've gotten rich or making a good living off just YouTube. Malcolm Reed can be found at that YouTube channel. Uh, go to his website, howtobbqright.com. Also, the pitmaster of Killer Hogs competition team. Obviously, the competition stuff is going to slide here for a little bit, but once that gets back up and rolling, we'll be talking about what Malcolm is up to on the competition side of thing. Otherwise, make sure you're subscribing to the channel so you can see what he's up to. Malcolm, we wish you a happy Easter and continue to shelter in place and stay socially distant, and we'll see you again in May. Happy Easter, Greg. Hang in there, man. Look, I'm always looking forward to talking with you. All right, guys, there they are. That's Malcolm Reed right there on the show talking about a whole bunch of different recipes. So if something struck your fancy... You need to head on over to How to BBQ Right and check it out. Great channel, by the way. Plus, who doesn't love a little extra bonus content coming in? Everybody loves bonus content. My bonus content. Malcolm's bonus content. Check him out on Sunday when he is going to be talking about... Or when he's going to be following along with the Easter ham. Everybody loves Easter ham. I have a huge ham that John Solberg got me. I'm finally going to cook it. John, I'm going to cook it, I swear. I'm going to bring it out of the freezer tomorrow to allow it to thaw properly. Because it's huge. It's got a bone in it. Big-ass ham. I'll tell you who doesn't have ham, but they have some really good barbecue food. That's Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow smoked over real wood, shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. from food trucks 
to multi-chain restaurants. Southside Sausage could be on your menu, too. All meats are processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available, shipping nationwide via FedEx or through food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable. Research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand new that's jumping around in your head. Private label opportunities are available. What does that mean? means you can take an already established sausage product that Southside is making, but they will sell it to you and put your logo and branding and all of that stuff on it so you can now have, instead of Southside Market's jalapeno cheddar, you can have the Barbecue Central Show jalapeno cheddar sausage. I'll sell it. I'll get some money. Southside is making some money because they're private labeling it. You know it's a great product as you're selling it because it's already been successful at Southside. You know what I'm talking about! SouthsideMarket.com is the place to go. And while you're shopping online, use promo code BBQ Central, all one word, lowercase. That's BBQ C E N T R A L for 10% off your entire order. Every time, make sure that you're using it. SouthsideMarket.com. We're back with Mike Lang and another pint, please. Stick around. We'll be right back. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. That's right, the Mountain Rushmore of barbecue entertainment. This portion of the show being brought to you by cookingpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit cookingpellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit amazon.com to purchase as well. In any event, whatever website you go to, if you have a pellet cooker, go buy your pellets at cookingpellets.com. I tell you to go check out cookingpellets.com podcast, but quite honestly, it's horrible. It's horrible. You should not be listening to that at the moment. It's a work in progress. I know it's a work in progress, but oh my God, it is absolutely brutal to listen to. You know what's not brutal to listen to? This guy, Mike Lang from Another Pint, please. Hey, Mike. Hey, Greg. Uh, Mike, is there anything more brutal to listen to than a poorly produced podcast? It's some of the worst listening ever, right? You know, especially now as those are podcasting from home with lesser audio, I found myself skipping through some episodes of shows that I like. So yeah, that's that's a rough one. Like what? What do you like? Uh, well, a lot of food stuff, a lot of tech stuff, and some politics stuff. So kind mm-hmm. of depending on what kind of mood I'm in. So most of the stuff that you were listening to that you liked normally is done in some kind of a studio that maybe these guys don't have access to, and now they're relegated to a a lesser audio fidelity because they're trapped in their home, and they never had any forethought about doing this at their home or in a bunker somewhere. That's correct. And and really, the ones I like the most are already doing it at home. So they're set up to make it right. But those that were not, like they were in a studio that are more more corporate maybe, it's just like, yeah, fast forward. Yep. So this is my, out of all of the COVID stuff that has gone on, this is my win of COVID-19. Uh, last week, after a two-week hiatus, my favorite show, of course, Howard Stern Show. If you're a fan of the show, you know that's to be the case. They fired back up using Zoom all in their individual homes, 
all with zero equipment. And I can tell you from second one of that Monday's Howard Stern show as it went out over the air through Sirius XM, that I reveled for those three hours knowing that I was sounding 500 light years better <laughs> than the Howard Stern show. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. Yeah, good for you. Only me uh, reveling in my victory. But, uh, you know, a week later, they bring in all the equipment and all that stuff. And now they're right back to sounding where they used to be. But it just goes to show you that if you uh, aren't somebody that does it like me and, and have kind of a setup happening in their house or like you, obviously you have a nice backdrop, you have a microphone that you're using there, but you get it. I mean, you're on social media, you know about having good looking, good sounding stuff. But here's a guy who is literally the king of all media. And he sounded as average as it gets. And to some degree, that plays into the listenability of a show. Yeah. I mean, they say, you know, good video is 50% good audio. So right away, granted, that's that's more radio for Howard. I get that. But still, audio is so incredibly important. That's right. All right, Mike. So we've uh, gone off track already, but let's uh, steer back <laughs> on. Uh, so before we get into the cooking stuff, uh, day job is with the police department and I want to know how you and the team are functioning right now and uh, what the virus is uh, doing to you guys and, and how you're able to stay safe. You know, uh, we're good overall. I'm down here in Southwest Ohio. I think the biggest thing we've kind of witnessed uh, in this entire area is a decrease of call activity and crime. That for the most part, in Ohio, as you know, uh, from up north, has been very aggressive in terms of stay-at-home orders and limiting uh, access to other, you know, restaurants and so on and so forth. So for us, it's almost uh, it's a total just change. That said, when things happen, they tend to be more serious uh, issues of domestic violence, of you know, suicide attempts and things of that nature. But on the whole, uh, our goal day in and day out is keeping our people safe. So if things do get worse and ramp up here in Ohio, uh, we're prepared with people to respond. All right. So how does your routine change or has your routine changed much? Because I guess you're not a person who has been furloughed or recommended to just stay home when you would usually be out of the house for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. So are you pretty much running on uh, the normal day as far as work and then allotting time for food, cooking, blogging? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I feel so much of my friends that have got kids home from school that are in quarantine. But my day really has not changed at all. You know, uh, I go to work. I come home. I hit the grocery. I'm spending the nights cooking, grilling, photography, video, and then I'm back at it again. So for me, it's not really been much of a change. But, man, I tell you what, I get it for those that are kind of going through this. You're widely known as having a nice affiliation with Weber Grills, one of my favorite brands out there in the live fire industry. So uh, you had mentioned that you were uh, either in the midst or getting ready to start working on some new Weber videos. I am. Uh, we started uh, two weeks ago now a series of at-home videos that I've been creating and filming here on my grill deck like I do for a lot of my stuff. In essence, it was uh, Weber's way of basically sort of saying, hey, you know, what's in your pantry? What's on your back deck? And get out and to use it. Uh, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, well, it's just about surviving, you know, uh, what do you have? What can you make? What have you not thought about grilling before? And to me, that's always an enticing opportunity of taking a new look at where you're going to take outside. And I've always loved to do that. And they have the opportunity to help people that have not thought that way has been really exciting. So do you think that if you are making it in an oven or if you're going to prepare it on a stove, you might as well just get it out there on a grill and uh, maybe the first time prepare as normal you would. And then yeah. the second time, let's 
instead of putting in the pan, put it on the grill. Or instead of using the grill, let's use a smoker or something, a smoke roasting in that kind of a temperature range. How do you uh, assess or progress a recipe from start to, you know, three, four, five times down the road? Yeah, I mean, really, there's no difference. I mean, I've said for so many years, I go, if you can do it inside, you can do it outside and take it outside. I don't care if it's bread, baking bread, making pies. I, you know, I grilled another calzone the night right before uh, we started with this. But it's things that you could do inside, even uh, soups, stews, breakfast items, anything can be done outside. Uh, It changes up your routine. It adds more flavor. Frankly, it's more exciting. You're out, especially if it's nicer outside, like it is today. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, the calzone that you had mentioned. Uh, I saw you had made an Instagram story about it, and uh, I'm a huge lover of pizza in general. But also, calzone seems to me to be the uh, the uh, pinnacle of pizza and bread and stuffing and everything together, and it's portable little bit more portable than a piece of pizza, although I'll take a piece of pizza with me wherever I go. So uh, where did you come up with it or, or what kind of gave you the inspiration to make one of these? Uh, college. Uh, there was always a place. Uh, I went to Purdue and we had a stuffed breadstick place, which was basically a calzone. And that's always been in my memory forever. Uh, and I've done them before and more recently in the last uh, month or so kind of broke that out again. But it's so incredibly easy. I mean, either you make your own dough. I did it tonight. I've used prepackaged a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, you take uh, crushed tomatoes, salt, olive oil, garlic, and you've got your sauce. Mm. Cut up some fresh pepperoni, some fresh mozzarella, seal it, crimp it, yeah, about 450 indirect. I put it in the Weber Summit charcoal grill. And 15 minutes later, and I'm rocking a calzone. It was good. Do you uh, use any kind of like smoking wood or anything like that? Or is it just the charcoal perfume? No, no, I'll typically add apple or cherry, whatever I got on hand. But yeah, you got a little bit of smoke. I mean, everyone's got those wonderful little pizza ovens. But to me, uh, especially in the Summit Charcoal Grill, that's just my ultimate pizza oven, whether it's baking at 450 or cranking out a pie at 700 degrees. It's just, I mm, love it. Do you use a pizza stone for that or you go on the grates? I use a pizza stone on that if I'm going indirect. However, for simplicity on the grates is so easy too. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's a lot easier. I've had more than one peel accident in my lifetime, uh, most documented for others to uh, share my misery. Uh, and on the grates, <laughs> a lot easier. So, uh, Mike Lang joining me here on the show. Another Pint Please is his website, so check it out. Um, when uh, When we are looking to cook, does it matter uh, fuel source? Do you care? I mean, obviously, you look on your back deck, and it appears you have uh, everything that Weber might have ever made. Uh, maybe there's some other goodies sneaking back there. But given your druthers, are you a charcoal or, or solid fuel guy by choice, and then gas as needed or for convenience, or what? You know, at the end of the day, I always love charcoal. That's always been my first grill love, so to speak, uh, as corny as that may be. But I also don't get bent up on everybody saying it's got to be this. It's got to be that. You know, you do you. What's convenient? What's easy? What do you like? What did you make well? It could have been a $5, you know, uh, junk grill from the dollar store. If you made a great meal on it, more power to you. I love it. What's your favorite cooker? My favorite cooker is the Weber Summit Charcoal Grill. Why? Um, Because it will do anything and everything. I can, I mean, granted, the classic kettle, I can smoke on it, and I've done that a bazillion times and grill on it, but the Summit Charcoal takes it a step further. 
So if I've always said, if I got rid of all the grills, in my grill deck, that's the one grill I would have because it can do absolutely anything for me. So uh, MSRP wise, you think that that or, or QPR quality price ratio, you think that's a, uh, a good QPR buy? If you're making an investment for something that's going to last 10 to 15 years, I do. Mm-hmm. And you use it a couple times a week. Absolutely. I mean, you think how much do you spend on a oven or a stove or a range? I mean, if you really want to embrace taking things outside, no matter what time of year it is, it's solid money. Uh, and I've had a lot of friends go out and buy them and um, they've loved them. Do you just immediately go for the top line or do you save a couple bucks and, and get the, I mean, I hate to say lower end, but the, the not so hot, the not so expensive one, I guess. No, I mean, when it comes down to it, you need the grill. The extras are extra for a reason. So you get what's going to create the food for you and give you that that tool to make that amazing meal. Yeah. Um, Weber came out with the Weber Smoke Fire uh, earlier in the year. Uh, obviously, it hyped it up uh, before 2019 turned into 2020, but then started delivering their first part of uh, 2020. A um, lot of scuttlebutt over the Internet. Do you have one of those? I do. I do. What do you think about it? I love it. I mean, uh, for me, I'd never been a pellet cooker before. So for me, it was a total Ever? change in turning. No, never. Oh. Uh, Kamados, yes. And of course, everything Weber has and other gas grills and everything, but never a pellet cooker. So for me, it was just a total different thing. I was lucky to experience it last summer on a photo shoot where I did some grill styling. Uh, but I've had great success with it. And the one thing that I think scares me about it, in air quotes, is that it's so easy to just go out there and turn it on, you know. You think in the mornings you want to get up and smoke a pork shoulder. I'm thinking, all right, I got to get up a couple hours early, get things going. I get up, turn it on, get set the temperature, and then I'm back in bed in 30 minutes. And you've had uh, no fire issues. Uh, you haven't put it in your kid's room for safekeeping or anything like this. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's it's depending on how you read, it, it was like the, one of the, the weirdest, most highly criticized pellet cookers to come out of the market. Now, I'm sure some of that has to do with the fact that Weber's the biggest name in the industry. When they make a foray into a sector that they have never played in before, a lot of people are going to be talking about it. And then the potential negatives are always going to overshoot any of the perceived positives. But you've had no issues whatsoever otherwise. No, I've had great success with it and shot a lot of content with it, and I've, I've enjoyed it. I just It's that ease factor. It's like To me, it's like, I should be probably doing more, uh, but it works. I've thought about for my dad, this kind of thing is he's getting older that – you know, he's rocking a, a Weber Summit 670 gas grill, but he might need something more like this. It's even easier for him. Do you think that not having any pellet experience before unjades you or like your your general, uh, no offense, your general aloofness to pellet cooker <laughs> use, like having experience with them, uh, doesn't, th- doesn't jade you at all? And, and it, it was going to be great no matter what? You know, expectations play a role in everything in the world. Uh, so no matter what your expectations are for being either a, a user or not, I think and certainly craft what your final opinion will be. But mm. that could go both directions. If you've used it before, you may expect more or you may expect less. Uh, I think it's just making sure everyone knows what those grills do is probably the best outcome. So did you have no expectation? No. Hmm. I've learned uh, many years ago, Greg, that I've got to limit what my expectations are. Or Mike's not a happy boy. You're shooting everybody, right? That's the bottom Pretty line. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's my piece of advice to humans in general is if, uh, if, if there's any way you can possibly go to expecting nothing from everybody you meet and having no expectation in every event that you go to, what's the worst that happens? You can't exceed below no expectation. 
So even if it was minimal, you've exceeded expectation. You're living a much happier life because let's face, not everybody is built to do shit the same way we are going to do shit. And we can't put expectation on somebody, especially if you're not going to tell them to do what you want to do it, how you want to do it. You're just asking for heartache and cortisol coursing through your veins. Yeah, well said, well said. Uh, Everyone looks at things differently, responds to them differently, uh, and that's the hardest thing about it. So limit your expectations, and you'll be able to live a lot happier life. That's right. Uh, You're also a huge beer guy. What's hot right now? What are you drinking? Well, as we speak. Oh, look at you. uh, Cheers. uh, Cheers. 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 Uh, Beer number eight. Sadly, uh, a lot of the breweries uh, and restaurants shut down. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a big push locally to support locals. So I have been out uh, constantly. It's a very difficult task uh, to hit my favorite local breweries here in the Dayton area. Uh, Tonight, it's Warp Wings uh, Whiskey Rebellion, which is a stout aged in whiskey barrels. It clocks (laughs) in at a a lovely 10% ABV. So I call it a nice evening sipper. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Uh, that's to me is right now, if you've got local places, I don't care if they're doing growler fills or whatever for carryout curbside, support them. This will pass, but we want these places to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dayton had a huge, and Ohio in general, uh, insurgence of of breweries. And I was a home brewer way before there were breweries back in Dayton, but WorkWise was never able to you know follow that path. But I want them to remain because we've not lost one in the last eight or nine years. So, so I was going to say, do you think that the craft beer scene is as hot as it was two years ago, or uh, you know, barring what we're going through at this moment, do you think it was? Do you think it currently is as popular as it ever has been, at least over the last handful of years? You know, I do. I think uh, you know, if you look back at, especially in Europe, where your local pub was part of where you lived. <laughs> And that's what you always supported. Over time, of course, they were bought out and macro breweries stepped in. But I think we're seeing a revert to what it was to have your local. And it may not be the best beer that you've ever had, but there's so many now. Good luck actually naming the best beer ever. But support the place that's close to home, that the people that are working there supporting that small business. And to me, I think that's where this really goes. Do you think the best beer you've ever had is tied to the best experience that you've ever had? Without a doubt, uh, there's a few I, I stick in my mind and think, you know what, that was a great beer that I still seek out, but I know it was tied into an event or something else that I was doing, uh, and I firmly believe in. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything coming up aside from the Weber videos that you want to promote or talk about here? Tease us, if you will. Uh, you know, no, it's just, uh, it's kind of getting through this. Um, I still create content constantly through my Instagram channel, another pint, please. And the blog less so much. I mean, it's hard to believe that blog has been up now for going on 12 years, yeah, wow. <laughs> um, which is amazing, but I love the platform of Instagram and just doing more with that and uh, showing what I can create and inspiring others to do the same. All right, Mike. Well, uh, we hope you have a happy Easter coming up Sunday. Are you doing a ham or uh, some kind of, uh, other traditional Easter thing? You know, I played today, Easter weekend. <laughs> Everyone's like, wasn't the Cleveland uh, TV station had the thing of the, uh, the what is today? And they announced it was Monday. Everyone's lost track of time. Yeah, right. No doubt. Incredible. Uh, all right. Uh, so follow Mike wherever he is at. Another pint, please. Also on Instagram. He does a lot of great work over there. Uh, Mike, stay safe. Happy Easter. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Greg. Appreciate it. You got it. There he is, Mike Lang. From another point, please. Not sure if that was my side or what, but he was. Oh, no, no, no. That's the wrong one right there. That's right. 
started to lose. You know what, man? I'm telling you, mother effers at home are killing internet connections. I don't even have a great pipe as it is because AT&T sucks. They refuse to bring real speed into downtown Cleveland, and I hate them for it. I don't get it. My fastest internet down speed is 50. How am I supposed to watch porn on 50? Come on. And a 12 up? I can't even I can't even shoot up into high definition. It will gum everything up. You don't want those girls coming down here into the studio yelling at me at how come they can't get on the worldwide internet because I'm taking up all the bandwidth in the house, spitting up high definition signals to the YouTubes and Facebooks. Mike Lang, that's right. We're gonna wrap it up on the first hour. Stick around, be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back, and this portion is brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant at home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. You can find out more by visiting Fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. My brother-in-law is all over his Fireboard, sending me pictures doing the social link thing that Ted Conrad told us about that was rolling out. As soon as he got done with that interview, I uninstalled my Fireboard app and reinstalled the new one. It was great. And now you can timeline cook, share it up to all your social media pages. It's all integrated. Thanks again to Mike Lang for joining me last segment. Another point, please, is his blog. But as he had mentioned, way more active on Instagram. So follow him there on Instagram, Mike Lang, L-A-N-G. And stay safe out there, Mike, for crying out loud. A lot of people that are sick, a lot of people not social distancing still. I can't believe that. So don't rush to help those people. Uh, Email coming in from Phil Luswick. Subject assembly. Greg, I feel your pain. I had the same problem. Setting up my new Masterbuilt Gravity Feed Grill slash Smoker. Instructions were mostly pictures. Plus, my kit had a duplicate leg on one side, so I had to stop assembly right then and then wait for them to send me the correct leg. Oh, no. I had that happen to me one time. I was putting a grill together. It was completely being put together properly, I might add. Totally. And then, what happened? You know what happened. I got to the back wall of the cart, and it was the wrong parts. Customer service, you've made a mistake, sir. I said, trust me, I know I probably have, but let me tell you something. So they had to send me a whole new wall. took a week. You want to see what barbecuing in 2020 looks like, according to Colorado Embedded Correspondent Dennis Busso? This, what? Damn it. Hold on. This is what barbecuing looks like in 2020. That's right. Got to stay safe. I don't know why the screenshot is showing that. That's highly annoying. Oh, my God. 
All right, we are loading up for the second hour. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and enjoy another 60 minutes of live fire talk. If you have any questions or comments, shoot me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, or call me, 216-220-0966. We'll be back right after this. Stick around.